This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. It's the time of year that students start finding out their college acceptances, but they are stuck without knowing their full financial aid packages and likely won't get that information for months. It's all because of a series of glitches and a slowed rollout of the new simplified version of the FAFSA, or the Free Application for Federal Student Aid. Some students have sent in the application and now are in a waiting game. And other students, well, they can't send in the form at all. And here's the irony. The update to FAFSA was supposed to make things easier to complete, not harder. So here to dive into the consequences of these glitches is WBEZ higher education reporter Lisa Kurian Phillip. Hey, Lisa, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. So remind us, when does the FAFSA form normally open? Yeah, so in usual, normal years, uh, the, the form opens up in October. So by this point in the year, students have had access to it for a few months and a big chunk of them usually have already submitted the form. And of course, you know, we're way behind schedule with the form having opened uh, roughly around the end of last year into January. What made it open later than usual? So there was a congressional mandate to make the form simpler, shorter, easier for students to fill out. And, um, you know, one of the criticisms that came out really early on was like, you are pushing this, this release date. It just got further pushed further and further back um, to the point where it's coming out at the end of the year when students are in winter break they don't have access to help from counselors but the thing is the the mandate from congress according to that they had to get it done by december 31st and from my understanding the department of education was not given more resources to implement this mm. so that's kind of how we got we got into this and and how we're here now. So given that, when can students expect to see the amount of their financial aid award? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know that anybody has the exact answer to that, but you know, generally students are getting their form their financial aid letters where they can see, you know, I get this amount of Pell Grant funding, I get this amount of uh, federal loans and grants, um, but. Right now, because colleges won't get student information from the forms until March, students probably won't see that information until April of this year. Mm. Uh, so that, of course, leads to other issues in terms of how much time they have yeah, to that's a time evaluate crunch. their offers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So in in normal years, again, students have to decide where they want to go by May 1st and, you know, notify the school, let them know they're going. Mm -hmm. um, if these financial aid letters come out in April, this leaves them with just a few weeks to kind of look at their options. And these letters are like notorious, notoriously hard to understand. So you generally like really need to dive into them. Uh, students really benefit from like having adult and counselor help and we know how overworked counselors are. So like getting access to your counselor to take a look at these, figure out what options are affordable. And then also if like there's a school you really want to go to, but hey, I need an extra, you know, $5,000 to make that happen. You normally, students normally have time to appeal to the financial aid office, but I don't know that they're going to have that time this year. Yeah. And as uh, I mentioned earlier, it's not just a slowed rollout. There are glitches. What glitches are the students running into? 
Yeah. So when it first opened, it was crashing. It wasn't. On, it was only available at certain times. There was also one of the reasons for this big delay um, in terms of getting inf- information to colleges is that there was an error in the formula that calculates how much need students have. A math error. They didn't adjust for inflation. So because of that, the Department of Education is having to take the time to make that fix on the back end before they send out information. And then, you know, there have been like, of course, individual glitches on the website where people are like, I'm I'm picking these drop down options, but then I get an error message. I think one of the biggest ones that um, I've heard about is the one impacting students whose parents are undocumented Mm. right now because of that glitch. They can't submit their form at all. Wow, talk about that. So so they don't have social security numbers? Is that the problem? Yeah, so exactly. So these students, they themselves have social security numbers and they're able to submit their own forms, but their parents also have to get what's called an FSA ID mm-hmm. and get their identif- identity verified to do so. But when they try to go do that on the online form, they run into an error And so these students are now having to call the Department of Education, which, from what I've heard, is nearly impossible. Um, Or they've some have found a workaround where they can email to get a case number and then they're waiting weeks to hear. I I have yet to hear from a student who has successfully been in this position and submitted a form. Oh, my goodness. So is is there a fix on the way? Uh, There is Allegedly, <laughs> the, the department said earlier this week that this is, quote unquote, un- important to them and they hope to have a fix sometime this month. But we're not sure when that's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, it, historically, a major critique of the old FAFSA was it was too long. Right. And that we know can put a big burden on students who are the first in their family to apply for college or uh, you know, might not have parents who can walk them through the form. So. Everything that you're describing right now, it just seems like there's an irony here, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. I mean, I think those students were lucky enough to have really hands-on counselors, which, from my understanding, from what I've seen when I'm out reporting, it's not common for students to have that kind of support, especially students who are going to, like, under-resourced high schools where... One counselor is serving 600 plus people or their parents haven't gone to college and they've never had to navigate this before. They don't know who to turn to for help. And then also it's like the people, the counselors who can help students, they don't often know how to help them. I've, you know, I've spoken to counselors who are like, I feel helpless because I don't have more information than my student does about navigating this fix. Um, and navigating these glitches. So it's, yeah, like like you said, it was supposed to be easier. From what we've seen so far, I have talked Not to a few so students who've said, oh, it was it was a breeze for me this year. But so many students have have just been either running into issues where they've taken, you know, they haven't been able to submit or they started and then stopped because it was just, it was too much. There were too many errors. Well, let's hear from from one of those students that you talked with, Lisa. Uh, Her name is Guadalupe, and uh, she can't submit the form because her parents don't have social security numbers. I feel like the Department of Education doesn't really prioritize, like, kids or high schoolers that 
whose parents don't have like social security numbers. Just yeah. kind of like, oh, we'll do we'll do with it later. You can hear the frustration. Uh, what's her story? What, what does she want to study? Yeah, so Guadalupe wants to study neuroscience because she's really interested in the brain and human behavior. And she's actually already gotten an early decision acceptance from Northwestern, but she and and they've given her an estimated aid package, but that is not finalized. That is just an estimate, right? Until she can submit the FAFSA mm -hmm. and she hasn't been able to do so because she hasn't been able to get the department to verify her identity, or verify her mother's identity. Um, and so she's just kind of in this waiting game of, uh, she, you know, she's kind of can't really do much except try to call and um, hope for the best, really. Yeah. As you mentioned, this waiting game, I'm curious if, if there's an ultimate date where colleges will just say, all right, it's now officially too late. You can't get any scholarship money. You can't get financial aid. Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. And I, I don't have the answer to it. I mean, at some point, you know, schools run out of money to give. Um, and I think the worry for students like, you know, like Guadalupe is that by the time they submit their form, maybe the school has less money to give. Um, mm -hmm. Unfortunately, here in Illinois, like state grants don't depend on when you turn in the forms. So I've heard a lot of counselors kind of say, don't worry, like we will get this done. Um, it's not first come, first serve. But I think in the back of students' minds, they're like, if I am I going to be penalized for the fact that I can't get my form in yet? Yeah. So what kinds of resources do students have to, to help them fill out the form? There are counselors. There are, there are guides out there. I know I'm, I'm working on a story about students um, without Social Security numbers, students whose parents don't have Social Security numbers, and I'm hoping to include, you know, some advice for them. Um, it's it's really tough right now uh, because like the probably the best resource is your counselor because there's so little information coming from the department and it's so hard to reach someone mm -hmm. there. Yeah, yeah, tell us more about the counselor struggle here because I, it's gotta be tough being in that position where you know that your job is literally to help these, these kids go from, from this one uh, stage of the game to the next, right? And, and to not have the tools in place that can help you do your job to simplify things for these students. That's got to be beyond frustrating. Yeah, yeah, there is so much frustration there. Um, I've, I've talked to a few counselors and they are counselors who work with a lot of first generation students. So these students have the, you know, the greatest need in terms of just navigating the system. But then, you know, these counselors feel kind of hamstrung because they aren't getting the information they need. I talked to one counselor who said, I'm getting um, updates like she found out about the fact that colleges wouldn't get information until March mm -hmm. from reading the news. There wasn't there wasn't communication wow. from the department about that. So I think. It's just like they're on one hand, they're trying to keep their students calm and like we will deal with this one day at a time. On the other hand, there's just this sense of helplessness that they can't do their jobs the way they want to. What do you know at this point about submission rates? Yeah, so I was just looking at those numbers, um, the federal numbers and nationally uh, they're 
the submission rate is down more than 50% from this time last year. And of course that makes sense because the form has been out much for a much smaller period of time than it was in previous years. But, you know, the students essentially have the same amount of time to get this form in because there is there are hard de- deadlines you know like yeah. student colleges have to know how many students they are accepting in order to be able to like get things set up for them in the fall mm-hmm. so at some point at some point they're going to have to get these in and it, i just going to be so curious to see how the overall rates compare to previous years rates. yeah and and this slowed rollout and all these glitches how might they affect small colleges versus the big ones differently yeah so small colleges they tend to have like smaller staffs less resources to process student information their financial information and put together these packages so i imagine smaller schools you know i'm talking like it's public regional schools like Northeastern Illinois, Chicago State, they're the ones who are going to be just scrambling to turn around these uh, the student information and turn that translate that into packages for students. Um, the Department of Education announced earlier this week that they would be deploying um, some staff to high need colleges. But I think they said they were they were sending out 50 staffers and there are hundreds of colleges. So. I yeah I I definitely think the smaller schools are going to be in a bind. Well, what else are you going to be looking into, Lisa? So, I think um, specifically, like kind of looking at how many students submit the FAFSA, how many marginalized students, like lower income students, students of color, they in previous years already submitted the FAFSA at uh, lesser rates than other groups of students and I'm curious to see what that will look like this year because of this rollout Um, especially like you know these students with parents who are undocumented I imagine some you know the ones I talk to have counselors to help shepherd them through the process right there are probably students out there who are running into this and like saying well well I throw my hands up in the air and this isn't going to happen for me absolutely um so definitely going to be looking at that and what I'm curious to see what kind of accountability will happen with the Department of Education and whether people will start raising this question like do we need to increase funding for the department so that they can implement right. policy changes like this um, so that they aren't detrimental to students. Yeah, um, yeah and I, I think I have this bigger question in mind like is there a better way of doing this? Because I think this whole rollout has unveiled a lot of cracks mm-hmm. in the system of federal student aid. Absolutely. Well, in the meantime, we wish all of the students the best of luck and, and happy National School Counseling Week to the, the guidance counselors working so hard to, to try to get this uh, get this resolved. That was WBEZ higher education reporter Lisa Corian Phillip. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.